Hi listeners, just a quick note about this episode. When we recorded this, we were originally planning on making this a three-part series and covering each episode of the Netflix docu-series about this, but after our first recording, we realized it was a very heavy and intense topic, and we weren't quite ready to keep talking about it for two more episodes. Um, I also want to tell you that a little disclaimer, we do joke around in this episode and try to throw in some laughs, but never at the expense of any victims, of course. Um, so go into this knowing that and use caution with lis- when listening because it is a heavy, heavy topic and maybe later on in the future we can cover more of this case, but it has been done very well on many platforms. If you want a two-part series going really into depth about this, hop on over to Not So Peter Priesthood. They did um, two whole episodes about this. And so I just wanted to let you guys know that you'll hear us referencing in the episode that we're going to do more. But as of right now, we'll probably just leave it at this one and get back to our regularly scheduled programming, talking about other Mormon things for the future. But with that in mind, here you go. Enjoy. Hello and you not so molly mormon podcast hey this is kelly <laughs> and this is katie i know that sounds so different there's it's not sarah it's kelly, kelly. not as good as sarah i will oh. put that disclaimer out there like sarah's a freaking goddess i love her so much and you know what she says the same about you well, that's why we're all friends. I know. Every time I bring you up, she's like, Kelly is such a babe. That's her favorite thing <laughs> to say about you. Um, <laughs> listeners, Sarah is on a much-needed maternity leave, and Kelly has been so gracious to step in and fill those Sarah shoes for a few episodes, and we are so grateful that you are doing this, Kelly, because, yeah, you're wonderful, and Sarah really needed a break, obviously. <laughs> she really did. And like, it, it seriously, it is intimidating to step into that role of Sarah because she's so, she's very eloquent with her words and she's so smart. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> You'll do great. Uh, listeners, I've been working with Kelly quite a bit over on Patreon. She's been doing these deep dives. We, we call them rabbit holes and sidewalk cupcakes on Patreon with Kelly. And they've been so much fun. You guys need to go check her out over there on Patreon with me because uh, they've, we've talked about things that I knew about, like um, topics that I knew, but Kelly brings up little nuggets of information that I had no idea. And my mind is blown every time. (laughs) It has been so healing. It's like validating on so many levels. I was actually talking to my therapist about it the other day. And she said, I was worried about, you know, doing you doing these podcasts, but like, she says, you know, our, our rapport and our relationship, she can tell that it's, it's really healing for me to have somebody validate what, what I've been through. And yeah. um yeah, it's just been it's been incredible. And the the whole sidewalk cupcakes, um, you'll have to go over to Patreon to figure <laughs> out what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's it's oh, so much fun. I freaking love it. 
Um, yes. But today, we are going to be covering something that has been a pretty hot topic for a while now. Um, we're talking about the Sins of Our Mother documentary on Netflix, which is talking about Lori Vallow. Um, I don't know if you've been listening to this show for a while. Sarah and I covered this case like as it was happening in real time back very early March 2020, like right before the pandemic yeah, hit. hit the fan. Yeah, I think it's episode 69. So quite a while ago. Okay. But, <laughs> I know. Right. So we're we're back with um that there's um this documentary now and it has a lot to do with Mormonism as you will see. So a little bit of like a disclaimer, of course, we're gonna be talking about that. If you don't want to hear about it before you watch it, then go watch that first. Yeah. Uh and I'm I wanna say that and this is true crime, so I want to tread lightly, like it's a heavy topic and real people were obviously very harmed and it's just terrible, but it's important to talk about it and talk about maybe the reasons, like especially religious reasons why some of this stuff can happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've been obsessed with this case from the moment that it started, because like I saw this woman and I was like, she looks Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> right. She totally does. She fits it, fits the mold. Yeah, perfectly. And yeah. so, yeah, like it's a very confusing case. Um, so watch the documentary if you are super fascinated by it, which you should mm -hmm. be, because um, yeah. it yeah. really does a good job of explaining the different variables and like outlining who is who. Right. And it's easy to for them. We like Kelly and I were talking about right before we hit record. There's a lot of um, people and they're connected in different ways. And we were trying to figure this out, like who is related, how and what. And on the documentary, they can show like family trees and connections. And you're just going to be listening to us. And of course, we're not going to be able to get into everything. So we don't have that much time. But yeah, uh, go watch the documentary. It's it's really well done. Today, we're just going to be talking about the first episode. So there's three episodes, I believe, and we're just going to be talking about the first one today. And the title of it is The 144,000. Uh, the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to Crazy Town. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Crazy Town. Oh, my. That is that is true. All right. Oh, and I just want you all to know that both Kelly and I have handwritten notes and it was very cute. She sent me some pictures of her notes and I was like, where this is amazing because I had a lot of these same thoughts that it's like you're kind of frantically, at least when I'm like frantically trying to write it down as quickly as possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So many points. But all right. This starts out with um, Lori Vallow's son, his, her oldest son. His name's Colby. And uh, I thought it was interesting, pretty much right near the beginning, he says something like, my mom is in fantasy land. And I'm like, yeah, oh. mm -hmm. she sure. I mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> all Mormons are, but she took it <laughs> to a whole other level, right? <laughs> yeah. And what I really love about that, love is such a horrible word. What is really fascinating about this case is that it kind of shows you that there, yes, there's the LDS church, but there are so many offshoots and little branches and there are yeah. people who are active members in the church who are literally believing stuff like this. Yes. And, and what's crazy is 
I mean, of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Right. And, you know, that's the stuff we we get into on the the Patreon podcast is like the things that broke my shelf. Um, mm-hmm. They don't they don't know that shit. So right. um, and yeah. a lot of this stuff that makes them radicalized as well. We'll see what Lori starts to believe. It's like they believe it because they can find it in the scripture. So mm-hmm. it's not really that surprising. It's like we talked about. Kelly also um, went over the uh, Under the Banner of Heaven series with me on Patreon. And it's like, no wonder these people mm-hmm. get this delusional. It's like it's right there in front of them. Um, yeah. So we'll get into that. But oof. so Lori Vallow was raised a Mormon and her parents are quoted as saying that she like always loved the Book of Mormon and they said something along the lines of she just immediately took to the church. It just like stuck with her. And you know, something I noticed, and this just shows how long I was Mormon. Um, I could see the garment markings through the mom's shirt. <gasps> oh my she, goodness. She was not wearing her bra over her garment. Just Oh my my. That's a sidewalk cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> she was wearing the bra under the garment. I mean, <laughs> What a funny thing that, yeah, we, we will forever notice now because yep. of our, our upbringing. Like what, what, <laughs> no one else would even have a second thought. Yeah. Nobody's staring at this old lady's boobs, but me. <laughs> like, okay, where are the outlines? Let's see here. <laughs> oh, there. Uh, then Lori's dad says that, uh, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> he says that he knows Lori is loved by her heavenly father, as well as other people who have been taken captive by Satan. Okay. That's actually not what I picked up on <gasps> her dad talked. So I'm hey. stoked. Yes. Because I wrote that down. Cause I was like, of course, you know, we hear this all the time. Like, Oh, you've been taken captive by Satan, but heavenly father still loves you. It's almost just like, you want to just say like, fuck you, you know, like, right snide little like mm, he loves you anyway but you're just doomed and it's like that's eh, okay. such a backhanded compliment yeah so what did you pick up on okay so her dad like tells a story about how Lori was just so into the church and you know they were reading scriptures and she was with her dad she was so excited when her mom came home she says my dad, you know, dad is such a spiritual giant. And he oh, laughs yeah. about that. And I'm like, of course you tell a story about yourself about when you're talking your, about your yeah. daughter who's cuckoo bananas. Yeah, that I, that is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had those same thoughts. And that, don't they call um, Holland like a, the spiritual giant? Isn't that oh, like a probably. thing where they're like, oh, I love that he gets righteously angry. He's a spiritual giant. Vomit. God. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I love, we're just like two sentences in and we're like barf. Um, yeah. All right. Um, she, uh, so Lori was in the Miss Texas pageant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like was this, this is actually one of the reasons I was going to wait until you said um, the Miss Texas pageant before I said <laughs> why I really got into the case. Ooh. I knew somebody who was in that pageant with her no way Mm -hmm. what yes she actually tried to get me into pageants (laughs) um for uh you know scholarship money right yeah um but i didn't want world peace enough so i didn't do it (laughs) um i was gonna say i feel like you could you very much fit like beauty wise but like in terms of you're too feisty to be i am and i would literally 
<laughs> I'd be like, I'm not, I, yeah, I, I can't play like that. I don't even like wearing dresses, but anyway, that's beside the point. I did know somebody, her, I, I guess I can say her name. It doesn't really matter. Um, her name is Adrian Carpenter and she had competed in the Miss Texas pageant several times. And I remember specifically, okay, this is how, this is how those Patreon podcasts go. I just like random, but Love she, it. she was married to this guy who was like, he was really a dick and um, she was living in this small town uh, in Northeast Texas and she was traveling all over to compete for these pageants. And one year, like she had competed for Miss Texas and she didn't miss his Texas and she didn't get it. And then he was like, I'm not going, I'm not going to go to the pageant. I, I don't want to watch the competition again. And you're just going to lose. Oh, I know. And so she comes home, she drives home from the competition, she walks in the door and she's like, I won. And he was like, oh, that's cool. Ah, (laughs) Ew, kick him to the curb. I know. She, they eventually did get divorced, but I just, I remembered that little story. And uh, I mean, Adrian was a Mormon. I forgot to say that. So she was Mormon as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, oh, and that's so interesting. I, this is a this is another thing we could cover on a whole other podcast, but I do find it interesting how many Mormon women are in like beauty pageants and the Miss whatever state pageants. It's really interesting to me. Yeah, that would actually be a really good podcast. My roommate in college was in the Miss Utah pageant, and um, I mean we all know why. It's because beauty is the only thing that <laughs> yeah matters. Yeah, uh, that they because mm-hmm, they need to catch a man. Yep. Yeah. As, as if. The only thing that can catch a man is how you look. Exactly. I mean, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So yeah, she does that. And then it shows, it shows that she goes on wheel of fortune and she truly believed that God told her that she was going on wheel of fortune. And I'm like, Oh, Oh no. My note here says my goal in life is to be on wheel of fortune. (laughs) What the fuck God? (laughs) Are you allowing, yeah, Lori Vallow, this awful, yeah, woman to go on the show and not us? Yeah. Rude. <laughs> How's that fair? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think a bit before this, she obviously had given birth to Colby, who we saw earlier, and then she was married again and had a daughter named Tylee. And then there was... Er- I can't, I couldn't quite, this is another thing that I was a little confused by because it was like, she was married really young. She had Colby. She got divorced. She married someone else. I'm not sure if that's who she had Tylee with or if it was her third husband. No. Uh, so she got married when she was really young. Right. Okay. And then had and Colby then- and then she got married to. Well, shit. I, I, know, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, I, I didn't write it down. So she had had like four marriages or three marriages um, by the time she had Tylee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, so she's on her, her third husband and um, this is the husband, according to what I remember and what I wrote down, this is the the third husband was the one who abused Colby. Mm -hmm. And this was like her, in her words was a turning point where she said she was either going to commit murder or commit Damn. to the temple. She said that to her bishop. Yep. She's like, either I'm going to give my life 
to the Lord and, and go to the temple or I'm going to commit murder. And I'm like, how polar opposite. Exactly. Like how extreme. It, I think that shows a lot of her personality and maybe how troubled she was. It's like you could go to one extreme or the other yeah. and, and like also just go so gung ho about it. Not even like have a middle ground and try to work your way through things. It's like, no, I'm going to kill him or I'm going to spend all my time at the temple. Well, I'm sure people thought she was joking. Like, who said that, right? Right? But, I mean, this is one of the very many red flags. Yeah, yeah. Lori Vallow was just flinging all Uh, around. She's like in the parade by herself with all the flags. (laughs) She has a hundred arms holding all these flags. (laughs) I, I, I know. And can you imagine being that bishop now? I know. And like knowing what we know, it's like, oh, whoa, that's pretty wild. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Um, and then it's around this point as well when she's getting very, very religious. And Colby was saying that everything in the house even starts getting slowly replaced with like pictures of temples instead of other artwork. Did you notice what he called that? No. What did he call it? He said it's idolatry. It turned into oh, that's idolatry. right. That's right. He did say that. I didn't write that down, but yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, that's that's true." Good well, job. and when he said that, I was like, "Oh, he's not Mormon anymore." I wouldn't think so. He doesn't seem like it. He's not. I looked into it. Good. Yeah, I knew that you would. That's why when <laughs> I was kind of like doing a quick Google before we started, like, "Shit, shit, I can't remember exactly how all this is connected." I'm like, <laughs> "Kelly will know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got your back. She's got um, me. So backtrack a little bit. Alex, her brother Alex was introduced at this point as well. Now, when her husband or when she left her husband because he had been um, molesting Colby and that husband was not Tylee's dad. It was the one before that one. That was okay. 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 Yes. So uh, glad we cleared that up. But um, Alex was he thought he was a comedian and he was doing this stand up comedy show and he was talking about how he had tased his brother-in-law in the ball sack That's because right. he was found out he was a pedophile and I was like you know I don't really blame him but no. I mean damn and he ended up with like he legit did that he yeah. ended up with probation right and yeah I mean yeah I don't blame him for that but I think that's interesting foreshadowing Oh, yeah. And yeah. I shouldn't say foreshadowing because it's real life, but you all know what I mean. Like, it shows yeah. what it shows the length that Alex was willing to go for his, like, sister and her family. Which I feel like they had a really creepy relationship. Yeah, it was odd. It was, uh, I don't know the word for it, but it was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for um reminding about that. So the next thing I have in here is like around this time is also when JJ gets adopted, (laughs) which I'm going to let Kelly take the wheel for this. (laughs) Throw you right under that buzz. No. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. No, I I have a diagram. So they talk about JJ as being Lori's son, but he's technically not, he's not even like blood relation to her at all. Um, he is her fourth husband's okay so her fourth husband is charles like she marries charles who was catholic he converted to mormonism for her right he um he had a family so his family extended family is not uh, lds and his sister 
his sister's daughter had a baby and couldn't take care of it. So, and his sister felt like she and her husband were too old, which they probably were a little. And they were older, yeah. Yeah, and Charles and Lori took him in. And um, so I was like, what does that make, JJ? Because they never say it. They're just like his sister's grandson. or No, they don't even say his grandson. Sister. They're like... His sister's, His sister's daughter's, daughter's son. And I'm like, well, that's a grandson. So I wrote it out. I was like, brother, sister, grand, JJ's mom. So that's his nephew, right? That's Charles's nephew. And I'm like, what is JJ? And I literally Googled it. It's like, he's his grandnephew. And I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, that makes sense. yeah. So he's technically, yeah, by birth, his grandnephew, but then they adopt him. So then he's uh, their adopted son. And yeah, that's so now they have Colby. Uh, Tylee and JJ but they're all quite far apart in age at least like Colby is from the other two because yeah 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 I think he's about older 10 years older than Tylee I believe okay maybe not that but anyway doesn't matter he was older but close yeah he was older all right my next note says that um Lori said that as she was in the celestial room she saw a spirit sister her words who kissed her on the cheek and she she starts hearing voices that are like talking to her and she thinks that they're angels. Yeah, we got another red flag. red flag. Oh, <laughs> it's just waving. Um this she said that this sister walked through the wall and I wonder how many people will say temple stories like that. Right? Uh, yeah. Because that's another thing. like it makes, sorry, go spiritual ahead. Spiritual experience. That's like their quote spiritual experience and like nobody it doesn't seem like anybody questioned her or doubted her. Yeah, I'm just putting myself in the position of, you know, active Mormon and you're in the celestial room and someone says something like that. You're not going to question them. And also, you might not even think that they're that crazy because you do hear stuff like that in Mormonism sometimes. Like, oh, I felt the comfort of my grandmother or I heard the words of so-and-so and and you just kind of go with it. So, Mm. yeah, to us, it's like, okay, cuckoo bananas like this (laughs) Or you're imagining this or whatever's going on. But um, but yeah, it's a good point that a lot of people might, they just brush it off and be like, oh, yeah, spiritual experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, she claimed. OK, so, yeah, the next thing is that she claimed that God commanded her and her family to move to Hawaii, which I lucky. wish Jesus <laughs> would tell me to move to Kauai. For I real. would love that. <laughs> I would actually listen. Hey, CJ. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I mean, of all the places that he could tell you to move, that's maybe one of the most beautiful. Yeah, so, maybe. See. All right. So they moved to Hawaii. Her, and by now, like like Kelly said, she's married to Charles, who converted to Mormonism for her. And, they, they and that's her fourth Hawaii. husband. Her fourth husband. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, something uh, interesting I wrote down was that. Yeah. When Lori's mom was talking about Charles, she was like, he's so fit and yeah. he, has, he is so, you know, he has all this money. And I was like, wow. So, yeah, that literally is all that matters. Yeah. Fit, he has money. He'll take care of her. I'm sorry, I okay. remember that, too. She she said things like they were very cute together, like they looked good together and he yeah. was very fit. I thought that was such an odd, an odd thing to say. It's like, oh, don't you care about? you know, his personality or how he treats your daughter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. 
He has money. Yes. He's Mormon now, and he's fit. Checks the boxes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, there was there was one of her friends. I I didn't write her name Heather. down. Oh, you were just amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone clap for Kelly. She was, <laughs> and I think a few other people were saying this as well that Lori felt spiritually superior to Charles, like he wasn't spiritual enough. And in my head, I'm like, well, you're hearing voices. What do you want him to do? Converted <laughs> like, I mean, to Mormonism for you, lady. <laughs> but this is something that is so prevalent in the church and something that I'm dealing with in my personal life um, that I, I won't get into too much here. But if you go to Patreon, 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 wink, wink, um, you'll hear more. Yeah. Um, but Mormons typically do not not Mormons, but there are some people in the church who really, truly do treat other people like garbage when they don't think that they're their spiritual equal nugget. Stop it. You were saying that. um that, yeah, it, it's it's prevalent. I think it's probably prevalent in many religions, but we've experienced it in Mormonism where it's like you're not at as high of a standard as yeah. me or you're not as righteous as me. You're not as, you know, you don't bear your testimony as often, yada, yada, yada. And then yeah. they get put down for it. And, yeah. Ugh. And it makes me feel really bad for people who are in mixed faith marriages. Um, oh, completely. I don't... Like, I know I we have some listeners. Yeah, I know we have some listeners that are in mixed faith marriages. I'm like, props to you because I don't know. I, I truly don't know how that would work. It's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. no, it's um, it, I definitely, had I not left my husband when I did, um, I would have left later once I went through my faith crisis because he's, he's very, very devout Mormon. Um, mm-hmm. And that just wouldn't have worked. Right. Yeah, it just, it's too two different of belief systems and, and everything. Yeah. Okay. Right. So next Lori. Oh, oh boy. So Lori, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Lori says that she had a personal encounter with angel Moroni and is in regular communication with him and with angels. And that was her friend Heather that said that like, why this whole thing just, it makes me so sad to be completely honest because Lori, Lori was sick. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. clearly sick. And, oh, sure. and there were so many people who could have helped her who didn't. And that's just, it's sad. This is a tragedy mm-hmm. on so many levels. Yeah. Because by getting some sort of mental health help, um, per, like that could have helped prevent what we find out happens later on, which I will say, I think at one point, if I remember correctly, Charles was trying to get her some help and yes. she evaded it. Like she kind of put on this face of, Oh, I'm totally fine. I'm this pretty regular Mormon mom, nothing, nothing to see here. And they didn't mm-hmm. listen to Charles, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Really bothered me. Same. But yeah. So Angel Moroni, I know we have some never Mormon listeners. Angel Moroni is who's on top of all of the Mormon temples, the little gold man <laughs> playing the trumpet. And uh, he's this character in the Book of Mormon, and he's supposedly the angel that came and woke Joseph Smith up in the middle of the night and told him <laughs> where to find the gold plates. So that's who she's talking about. But she, <laughs> he's swole. Oh, he's the one yes, in charge right. of the golden plates. That's yeah. right. 
you establish that he must have been extremely ripped because those plates are not light. They're very heavy, and he carried them a long way. <laughs> he did all through America. Damn. Oh, damn, ripped. Um, okay. Oh my well, gosh. Okay, yes. I know what you're going to talk about next. Can I? Can I introduce it? Please. Okay, so I really wanted to do this when we when we started, and I didn't remember until I read my notes. But I wanted us okay. to start like that podcast that Lori and her friend um, <gasps> had, where we just use our voices like the Mormons do. And oh my God, the, just like that nugget. I'm so sorry. The dogs will never be in here again. But they say welcome to um, their podcast. Welcome to the sisters and Zion. And, yeah. you know, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. We want you to be in the low light. I prayed for this. Let's let's open with prayer. Um, yeah, yeah but called, anyway, so her podcast was so boring. Oh, oh, it was. It was called. I think it was called "Feel the Fire." And it was feel like, the fire. Yes, feel, feel the fire. fire of God. And it was like that's yes. interesting because normally you're talking about fire in terms of burning in hell, but they kind of switched it. But it, yeah, oh, interesting podcast. I I mean, not interesting, boring, but like interesting in that she had one. Yes. Yes. So I, I almost want to find it and just listen to it so it can help me sleep at night because those the soothing voices. Oh, no, it's just creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, that's if, too far. Mary, too <laughs> Please far back me. up. <laughs> I mean, you do it for research purposes and report back to us. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're like, thank you for that. Um, oh, right. Yeah. She has the podcast. They move. They end up moving back from Hawaii to Chandler, Arizona, which is very close to where I live. I actually, when I first moved here, I lived like just outside of Chandler. I live more close to downtown Phoenix now, but I like it kind of trips me out whenever something is this close. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, she lived in Austin for the longest time and was oh, a hairdresser yeah. here. Yeah. Close to you too. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I have this little, um, yeah, they, so they move back, and Colby starts dating um, someone named Kelsey, and he, so again, Colby is Lori's son, and he's in high school by this point, and he went to a Christian church with his girlfriend, and Lori was very upset about Oh, that. yeah. Like, yeah, don't go to those evil Christian churches, go to the Mormon church. And, you know, and all of those things are normal. Like we talk about them, like, how could this mother like be so like, what's the word? Passive aggressive towards mm-hmm. her future daughter-in-law just because she's a different religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's common. Like that would not have raised that. I wouldn't have raised my eyebrows at that. I would have been like, oh yeah, you know, he's, yeah, member. I know. And, and I, I look back at it and I, as especially as like a teenager, I think that I would have actually been judgy too if like one of my friends went on a date with a non-member and went to that that person's church instead of ours. I probably mm. would have gossiped about it like a little oh hell like, yeah little asshole that I was. It's, it's <laughs> I know of, I was such a dick when I was Mormon. Yeah, I, it really is true. The, the saying "I'm sorry for what I said when I was Mormon." It's just like oh shit, like I'm so embarrassed about. Yeah. But yeah, you're taught that like they don't have the truth. We have the truth. Why would you date someone who isn't one of us? Yeah. Um, Flirt to convert. Oh, gross. 
drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Lori said to Kelsey one time, who was Colby's girlfriend, that Jesus loves you, but he loves me the most. Yikes. Who does that? Another red flag. Like, oh, you're saying Jesus loves you the most? Wow. She, She started focusing more on end times. And this is where she got, like, really obsessed with food storage. Yeah. Which, yeah, I I think that the whole food storage thing is really interesting. We've touched on it before in podcasts, but we haven't focused a whole episode on it. But I think it's interesting how many, um, especially in Utah, there are, like, companies dedicated mm-hmm. to selling Mormons massive amounts of food storage for the end times. And then all these Mormons buy it, and it ends up going bad. And it's just so wasteful, but it's another way for Mormon companies to make money. It's wild. What's funny is like my dad, as he was getting older, he got kind of a little like obsessed with the end of days and stuff. And he was just sure that something crazy was going to happen, like especially after 9-11. And he had so much food storage. And then all of these guns and all of this ammo. And I'm just like, wow. Okay, dad. Yeah. Um, but at the time I thought it was great because I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, oh, yeah. chocolates happens. I'm going to dad's house. <laughs> uh, I know it's, uh, I know my, my grandma has so much food storage that I'm sure most of it has expired. Um, and I have other people in my life that just have these massive stockpiles. And like you said, of things like guns and ammo and it's, it's like, you know, if the end of the world really comes, who are you really going to shoot people to keep them away from your food storage? Like, and you're fighting the enemy. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. This apocalyptic teaching, but we were raised in it. So we know it very well. Yeah, we know it very well. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, and this is when she says, uh, she had told her friend, I think it would be better to go off a cliff in the car with my kids then live through the end times. Yeah. Another red flag. Like, yeah. Uh, even as a Mormon, I think, quick. yeah, I think even as a Mormon, if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, oh this is getting dangerous now. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And yep. Yep. Nobody stopped her. Nobody. Nope. Nope. All right. My next, my next note there in Rexburg. She's attending a preparing a yeah, it's a conference called preparing a people. Oh boy! So it seemed to me like this was a group, a conference of a lot of people that were obsessed with end times, just like her. Yeah. One of them being Chad Daybell. Dun dun dun. Oh dun dun dun. You know, uh, Chad Daybell is. It's such an interesting character. Like, I see a lot of um, similarities to people I've been married to in the past. Um, Mm, Very very interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, he's something. Uh, We'll get into it. But to start off by introducing, he has an autobiography called Living on the Edge of Heaven. which I would have 1,000% bought that. I'm not even joking. Like you know, I probably would have too. <laughs> because I was obsessed with like what happens in the next life, and yeah. I would have because in this autobiography he talks about his two uh, near death experiences or two times he died, and um, 
you know, was like, he saw what happens or he saw mm. visions of the future. And so I would have been obsessed. Yeah. And, and he's Mormon, I guess, if we didn't make that oh, clear. Yeah, but sorry. yeah, no, yeah, no, I would have too. To be like, oh, he's going to tell us what happens. And it's comforting in a way. But uh, the man just. He's I don't such know. a dork. Like, <laughs> he showed his text messages that he was sending to Lori. And it was worse than Adam Levine's. Like, <laughs> it was. It was way worse. I'd rather get one from Adam Levine for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was so dorky. It was like he was trying to woo her with some sort of rom bad romance novel <laughs> texting. It, oh, it was awful. Yeah, this was like I think this was back in the. Oh no, it was it was a little bit more recent. He just looked like he was from the year two thousand. Um, <laughs> he turned okay. it. He had this little like checkered shirts and dad's shoes. The short yeah. sleeve button up <laughs> shirt. Oh, he loves it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, and Chad Daybell was married at the time. Let's just yes. re-clarify that. Yes. So Chad Daybell is married with many children. I don't recall how many. I think it's six. Yeah. Yeah. And each children, they've been married a long time. And as we've established, Lori was married for the fourth time to Charles Vallow. So they're both married, but they're both attending this conference. Chad speaks at it and he says, I wrote this down. He says, the, the spirit has guided you to this conference. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Very self-important. God wanted oh. you to hear exactly what I have to say right now. They, like, calm down, sir. Calm down. I, I'm, I'm obviously not like a psychologist or anything, so I can't diagnose. But they just both have so many attributes of narcissism. It's yes. Very. You yeah. Know, so you, I'm so glad that you said that, that, you you know, you're not a psychiatrist, so you can't diagnose. Uh, like when I said that I was obsessed with this case, like I seriously like lived, ate, breathed it. It was like I, I would listen to all these podcasts and there was one that was incredibly fascinating. And mm. it was by the guy that uh, shows up, you know, the, the John Matthias. He um, is a forensic psychiatrist so he and his wife his wife um is a member she is also a she was a former news anchor so she's a journalist and she they had a podcast together where they talked about like deep dive into like the mental aspect of it which is what's so fascinating it's like Mm -hmm. how does this happen yeah and i mean like he knows his shit and i would highly recommend that podcast if i could remember the name of it Awesome. We'll look it up. I'll yes. we'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. And we can link to it because yeah, I don't know about any of that stuff, but just yeah, like from listening to so much about it and learning about narcissism through the layman's terms, they mm-hmm. do seem like very qualified. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, okay, like we said, they send those awful, flirtatious, cringy texts, and <laughs> <laughs> Chad tells her. That they had been married in previous lives. <laughs> the, the cartoon that it shows is so good. It shows like the Mormon cartoon of them getting married. and Or they're like angels in past lives. I wouldn't say angels, but you know, spirits. Blonde. Yeah. Blonde. They're, they're always blonde. Very blonde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he talks about this, about how, you know, he 
he has received personal revelation. And who are we to say he's wrong, Katie? Yes, I know. That's the whole thing with the church, right? It's like, I've received personal revelation, so you can't question me. Unless it goes against what the church says, and then they'll excommunicate you. But otherwise... (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Revelation is to keep children from going into bishop's offices alone. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Yep, that's... Yeah, that's not allowed, but, like, personal revelation to just act cuckoo bananas and say that the end of the world is coming. Sure, fine. Um, So, yeah, he's had these near-death, well, yeah, I call them near-death experiences. He says that he was dead, whatever, that leads him to believe that he can see beyond the veil and have visions. And, like, he's a prophet. Mm-hmm. I call him himself, which, oh, my God, another red flag. I... I don't know. (laughs) But then again, like you've pointed out very well that if you put yourself in the shoes of Mormons, hearing this isn't that weird. But hearing it when you've left, you're like, wait, oh, this is going very bad. Yeah, like it. (laughs) It's a train wreck. Like this entire case is a train wreck. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Okay. So he's established that he's a prophet and all of this stuff. And then um, in the documentary, they interview someone named Julie Rowe. Julie Rowe. (laughs) Call me Julie Rowe. (laughs) She, so she's also really into this stuff. Like she thinks that she's a prophetess and believes in past lives, but she very much disagrees with Chad's revelations about like number of lives. There was a ranking system that he said was like how I don't know. It was it was confusing to me. It didn't and, really deep dive into that. I'm glad it didn't because it is quite confusing. But basically, yeah. what they were saying was there are people who are on different levels as far as like spirituality and you know how close they are to God or how close they are to Satan. And so it was like if you were a positive number you were good. The higher the positive number, obviously the the more close to God you were, which is like, I think 10. And then the, if you were lower, if you were below zero, then you had been, um, you were a zombie and you had, your soul had been taken over. Oh, it's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, talking about Julie Rowe, like she's, I wrote, she's batshit crazy, but (laughs) I kind of hope the whole past life thing is true because Girl, that would be really cool. It would be cool. I love that you wrote batshit crazy because I wrote cuckoo bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're not wrong. It would be cool if like we lived in the past. Like Clearly, um, I'm still obsessed with yeah. um, dying <laughs> and what happens next. But like, <laughs> like, huh, what, what other lives have I had? Hmm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, very fascinating subject. Uh, so then they introduced the, the the number of 144,000. So when the apocalypse happens, they believe that 144,000 righteous will be saved, like the most righteous. Taken up into heaven and all of us will be stuck here. In, yeah, for the know. millennium, as they call it. Yeah. Whatever. And... And the unrighteous will be held in spirit prison. And then they, if someone decides to baptize them for the dead on earth, it's a whole thing. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But what matters is they, I believe that Lori and Chad um, thought that they were part of the 144,000, like of, they were part of the elite that were. Yeah. Go. Yeah. They, they believed it like a hundred percent. That was yeah. what was going to happen as evidenced by things that happen in the future, which we'll talk about in the next episode though. Well, but, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, okay. So Chad Daybell thought that uh, this just makes me cackle. Chad Daybell thought that Rexburg would become the headquarters of the church, <laughs> <laughs> AKA the new Jerusalem. Now Rexburg, Rexburg, Idaho, Rexburg, Idaho is where BYU, Idaho is located. And also where my dear friend Jake from not so Peter priesthood lives. And it Gosh. just, is so fucking funny to me. That's the Provo of Idaho. And it's like, oh, it's really? Worse. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> it's like, you just imagine just like, like CJ, Celestial G, just is coming back to Rexburg. Like, hey, everyone, I'm back. <laughs> I mean, anywhere in the world. Yeah, of anywhere you could take any glorious, beautiful place. And no offense to Rexburg. I'm sure it's oh. nice. But it's just so, like, why there? Because Jesus <laughs> likes potatoes. Oh, I mean. Clearly. Funeral potatoes in specific. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Chad. He, oh, I forgot to mention, like, Chad wrote his autobiography, but he also wrote all these other books. And he he thought of his books as scripture and Lori read his books and was, they said she was smitten by them and also believed they were scripture. So now we're getting into that crazy Lafferty brother territory. Now they were fiction books though. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it was like two like, shoes among the Nephites type books. Yeah, they were like, Oh, this is so inspired. And he's so close to God. Like what? What? Yeah. Tennis shoes among the Nephites also flashback. <laughs> I know. I threw that little nugget in. No, oh, I love that. <laughs> we used to listen to it on uh, road trips. We we would listen to uh, talks by like John By the Way and Oh, same. I uh, yeah. And it's it's actually why I'm obsessed with listening to books on audio because it's like I, I love it. I just it it's I love Having your that. mind filled with other things keeps you from thinking about how oh. shitty life could be. <laughs> oh my God, girl, when one hundred percent. Like I, I don't listen to as many audiobooks. I do love them, but I, I rotate so many podcasts that I'm subscribed mm-hmm. to, and then when I have time to just, if I can find time to sit and read a book and just ignore anything that's in my head, it's, it's the best. But yeah, audiobooks. It's like you can't. You have to be focusing on it. You can't focus on other shit, which is well, nice. And my current obsession is actually with the uh, fundamentalist church um, with mm-hmm. Warren Jeffs. And so Chad Daybell's voice sounds just <gasps> like Warren Jeffs. It does. It does. That like I, monotone, I that. Mm-hmm. soft, soothing way of talking. Okay. Fucking punch me in my face. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's creepy. Just, like, the worst. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, shivers. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is where, yeah, Chad said that Jesus showed him future events, yada, yada. We've established. He thinks he's a prophet. And Lori starts telling her friends that her husband, Charles, was, quote, already dead. And there was a demon living inside him. 
this is what Kelly kind of brought up earlier. Like if you're below a zero or whatever that ranking right. system was, you're a zombie or inhabited by a demon. You're, yeah, you're already dead. You're fucked, Which, man. You're fucked. Oh, that's another, like if a friend told me that, I don't know how I would react. I would I mean, honestly be so concerned. Very fair. Because like, what what I mean, clearly Lori had a pattern of being a little bit eccentric. And so mm-hmm. when she would be a little bit more eccentric, they're like, but that's just Lori. I'm sure that that's how it happened. And yeah. you know, seeing her, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She is this beautiful woman with blue eyes, great smile, gorgeous hair, you know, perfect quote. Yeah. And but she, and she was able to like deceive so many people I put deception Mm -hmm. level is 11 yes it is it is and I truly think that you're you're right her looks and her charisma it's like a a cult leader of kind like if you look um non-threatening then you can get away with a lot of things and and that's why as we see later when her husband tries to get help from her family and even ends up trying to get help from the police uh yeah we'll get into it but it's it's like they just don't believe him because she can put on this mask and she looks pretty and can speak eloquently and so therefore they assume she's not a threat right fascinating Mm -hmm. so yeah like i said charles emails her family explaining that Lori has gone crazy and that she thinks she's some type of god Uh, help me please he's like please this is out of control and her family didn't believe charles they thought he was being dramatic and they didn't they just ignored his emails they ignored him like if i got an email from my sister-in-law saying that my brother was saying claiming he was a god and all this other stuff that Lori was saying i'd be like all right well we need some kind of intervention because this not okay and there are children involved in this scenario too so yikes but you know that that just kind of shows how society is with mental illness though it's mm-hmm. so stigmatized and you know you you think crazy means um and i can say these words because i i had a breakdown recently so i am a former current crazy person mm-hmm. um but i can't remember what i was gonna say Oh, yeah, there's so a stigma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so if you don't, if you're able to be like high functioning and, you know, look like you're you're OK, then you can believe whatever you want inside your head. Nobody's nobody's going to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when somebody like is reaching out for help, why? Why did nobody help? I, I it's it's so frustrating. I it's so, so much could have been done to intervene. Yeah. And, and I think it's because they don't, obviously, nobody likes having a crazy person in the family and nobody likes admitting that their kid could, you know, like her parents yeah. should have done something, anything. Anything. But yeah, you're right. With all this stigma around it, everyone wants to think like, oh, they're just having marriage problems. Leave me out of it. When right. he was desperate for help. <sighs> uh, yeah. And and I, I, I thought about something that I hadn't mentioned earlier, but she, Lori was like prophesying the end of the world. Like she believed that in 2019, Jesus was coming back in 2020. And I remember when we were um, researching and covering this the first time back in March of 2020, and then COVID hit and then the earthquake happened in Utah. And then a lot of stuff happened that so many people were like, Oh my God, 
like were they in right? the back of their little Mormon minds was like, was Lori right? And it's like, no, but you plant those seeds of fear yes. and you can see how they can blossom into something that's like very unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean 2020 was a total shit show Holy year. Shit, that was the craziest year. Like so oh my god. <laughs> Jesus should have come then cuz man, it's just... <laughs> He should have come and saved us all, but no. too late. Too late. Stay up there, CJ. There ain't nobody to save. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So Charles is uh on a business trip and Lori cancels his flight home. Uh, and so I guess like while he's, he's still not home, she gets rid of all of his things as well. Even like his car, right. They had his yeah, car at the airport. Yeah. yeah. So she sent her, her brother to go pick up oh, again car at the airport. Her brother that would do anything for her. Yeah. yeah. The one who was really in love with his sister, but Ooh. couldn't do anything. Cause that's creepy. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like obsessed with his sister. I mean, it seems like it truly. Yeah. So yeah. And this is, uh, yeah, again, so frustrating. He's trying to get help. Um, and he, Charles calls the police. Like once he finally gets back, he gets a new flight, all of that. He calls and explains um, like that. He can't find his children. Everything's gone from his house. And you can see this from, like, the police officer's uh, body cam. That, like, he's very concerned. And and says, he was like, I don't know what to say. She's gone crazy. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And he tells the police that she's threatened to kill him because she thinks he's a demon or a zombie. He, like, tells the cops this. And they don't do they don't do anything like they kick down the door and look around the the empty-ish house and they're just like i don't know she might come back she has the right to take her kids my stomach just let's say like sunk for him when because you know he knows what she's been saying and how erratic she's acting and now his children are gone and his house is empty and it's like what the fuck like what can i do oh i feel so helpless it's so, so sad. So um, JJ was supposed to be at school the next day. So there's like a confrontation where Charles goes to the school and there he, I guess, somehow was able to get Lori's purse and keys because she did yeah. show up. She did show up to like take him there. And this is where it shows Lori at the police station and where she totally woos the police officers where she's like, <laughs> I'm just glad to have my lip gloss back. Like, I just want my purse back. And she's acting totally normal. And she's well, there with her daughter. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say her daughter's sitting there the whole time giving her, you know, cred. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it really does make, like, you can see how from, I guess, the cop's perspective, although they should be doing their job better, but you can see how Charles would seem like the crazy person. And Lori was the calm person. And it was very eerie to see how she framed him. It's creepy what it is. It's freaking disturbing. (laughs) And um, this isn't like the only situation. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there, not just in the Mormon church, but in general, who, you know, people always think the woman is, you know, the diminutive one, the one who um, takes care of the family is the loving one. And if you try to like flip that narrative 
people are so resistant yeah. to believe that a woman would be a har- would be harmful to her children right. or that you know the the man would be talking about how his wife is crazy and actually she is li- literally certifiably sick. Yeah. Um, right. But people just think that these guys are being overly dramatic or the women are just overly dramatic. And, you know, it's just, no, th- th- yeah. there is a problem with us having to fit in these little boxes all the time. Yes. 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 And it should be taken much more seriously. Yes. Complaints and reach outs for help instead of like, Oh, you're a big man. You can handle it. Like <sighs> you need to look into what he's saying, because obviously this can end up badly as we'll see later. Well, I don't know why they didn't have a freaking, like, why didn't they do his and her psychiatric evaluations? Like, let's see I, who's crazy. Right? Yeah. I, uh, I know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just have in all caps right here, irresponsible police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they uh, were, like, telling her how to avoid them. They They really were. They were saying, well, we have to, like, there's this request for you to do this test, but if we just show up and you don't answer the door, you don't have to go. Like, yes. what the fuck? What are you doing? Do your job. Just because she's yeah. a pretty blonde sitting across the table from you doesn't mean that she's not dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so eventually, Charles becomes suspicious of Lori and Chad Daybell having an affair. He's seen, I, I believe, did he see text messages or emails? He's he's put two and two together. So that saw that email that was from okay it was confusing yes but again another part that confused me where I was like it was claiming it was from him or to him correct it's it from him to Chad to give Chad like so there was this email yeah. where um Lori had written as though she was her husband okay and she was saying you need to come up here uh we'll talk about the book um you know look forward to meeting you or something like that and so he forwarded it to Lori's other brother, not the crazy Alex one, but the other brother. And he, the brother was like, what is this? He says, she's pretending to be me so that he has an out to come visit. That's right. They're That's having right. an affair. Yeah. He, she, that the out is, this is just a, we're going to visit, talk about a book with another man, not I'm going to meet my lover and talk I'm about to get my yeah I was gonna say something really <laughs> crude but I forgot we're not on Patreon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all the crude content I mean we still get a little crude over here but yeah <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> yeah so he puts that together and, and yeah like like you said he messages Lori's other brother who I think is quite a bit more, more sympathetic to Charles yeah. whereas all the rest of the family won't talk to him and he plans to fly out to to talk to her and to talk to the rest of the family, but to do it kind of in secret, like as a surprise, because the family is also not so cool with the brother. Again, confusing, but he's trying to help Charles. Yeah, at this point. He, he wanted to do an intervention. Yes. And be like, OK, yeah, she's lost it. And um, then I didn't detail this last part. I just wrote the, the one sentence, but. We find out at the very end that that Charles has been shot, and we find out because there's a 911 call from Alex, Lori's creepy brother, to yeah, saying I shot him in his home in self-defense. Yeah, 
And if you listen to the nine 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 one one call, he he just talks about it. Like Katie and I are talking about the case right now. He's like, yeah. yes, I shot my brother and or brother in law. It was self defense. Yeah, and very calm. And they say, okay, have you tried CPR? And he just goes, no. And they say something like, well, are you willing to? And he very calmly says, I don't know how. And yeah. they're like, well, we can walk you through it. And uh, yeah, and it shows the body cams arriving and unfortunately Charles has died and yeah. uh, it's he yeah and uh, Lori and her children weren't in the house at the time and Alex just claims he went over there and they got in an argument and he shot Charles in self-defense and knowing Alex's background and what he'll do for his sister I claim bullshit yes I call bullshit bullshit card is down yep yep and that's where the first episode ends. Which, holy and shit. That's where it gets, after this, it gets even, I hate to say it gets really good, but it gets really crazy. Yeah, there's so much oh, extra and all this stuff. I guess what's the most maybe interesting part to me is that I wonder if, would she have still had these crazy beliefs if she wasn't Mormon? Would would she have found some other cult yes, to belong she to? she would have. Yeah, but Mormonism can breed, as we've discussed, these very dangerous mindsets and beliefs. It's a breeding ground for cult spinoffs. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, like, as you were saying, like you said earlier, there's so many spinoffs, so many different offshoots. But this is a person who is still, remember, in mainstream Mormonism, but she's just taking those beliefs and amplifying them a little bit. Yeah. um, They're directly from the scripture, which... Oh. I mean, she, again, you got to give her props because she had all the all of her seats. She had everything backing her up that she could be yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out she was wrong about the yeah. Uh, that's a spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still here, as we said, CJ. Um, <laughs> Unless this is a new dimension of hell that we just don't oh, know. Oh, maybe we are like in the celestial kingdom, <gasps> and uh, we just don't know it. Okay. I, I, you know what? Maybe. Let's just, let's just go with that. I like, okay, thanks, for giving here, me, so. yeah, thanks for giving me the new fear. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Katie. Fear that Mormonism was right all along. No! I have those moments all the time where I just have to convince myself that, no, like, it's not real. It's, it's yeah. all pretend. Which is I why think- these podcasts help so much is when you're able to deep dive and research. It's like, okay. I'm right because the the mental like getting out of that kind of um, mind you know brainwashing is so complex and takes yeah. so much time to just unravel everything that yeah. you know it it would be easy if the church was true I it wish would. it was yeah it'd be I, so much easier <laughs> yeah it makes your life so much easier you don't even have to think about anything no. and so. You know, I, I can't really necessarily fault these people because they've been taught that, you know, personal revelation is a thing. And, you know, at the end of days, there's going to be a new prophet and, you know, all this stuff. So yeah. why would they why would they question? I guess it's like, why, uh, did not, why didn't anyone else follow? Why were there not more people? Right. Um, it's again, like we said, a breeding ground for yep. this. Very dangerous because, yeah, like you said, anyone could just claim that God visited them and they're the new prophet. Yeah. And who are we to say if 
if we believe what J-Dog taught and what's in the scriptures, then I guess they have every right to that. But that leads to dangerous teachings and people dying. Like yeah. it's, it, Religion uh, does not give us very good things. No, I, I agree with you. I would I don't say think extreme religion. Let's just say extreme religion. I'm sure people find a lot of comfort in religion. My, my, mom, my mom finds a lot of comfort in the Mormon church, and I think that's great. But, but there, yeah, I, I think comfort and there are some good things, but again, like we've said many times before, there's so many good things that aren't, you know, Mormonism, the things that are good about Mormonism aren't unique to Mormonism. And the things that are unique about Mormonism are not good. Hold on, my dogs (laughs) are going to go crazy. Yes. So, um, my, my kids are home from school. And um, my dogs are probably going to go nuts here in a second. So just warning you. Well, that's perfect because we're just about to wrap up. I just thank you so much for for doing this. And I'm so excited for more the other two episodes. So everyone stay tuned. Those will be coming up next. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to go over to Patreon to listen to more of Kelly because you you don't want to miss it. (laughs) There will be a link in the notes. But yeah, until... Next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.